This is the Two Fish Podcast, where we try to keep biblical truths simple. Your hosts, Nick Burt and Aaron Apple. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Two Fish Podcast. I am Aaron Apple, and I got Nick Burt beside me. Uh, we are here and excited to share the word of Jesus and uh, and all the great things he did through the Apostle Peter this week. Yeah, Peter. That's who we're talking about. We talked about Paul a couple weeks ago. Yep. And then last week we threw a wrench in the program in our plans and our schedule, and we let God just kind of take over, and it was fantastic. It was. If you haven't listened to last week's show, go back and listen to it. And I think we decided we're going to do those maybe once a quarter or so because that was just so much fun. It was powerful. Um, it was just a great time talking about the stories. Yeah, it was. It, uh, and it was something we talked about when we initially yeah. started talking about doing this was sharing people's stories and their encounter moments. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was just it was, it was it was awesome. It was almost so, like we should have been doing it before since that was what we felt called to do. And we didn't. And when we did it, it worked out great. Yeah. So we're going to do it again. So if you have one of those God testimony moments and you'd like to be on the show where we could call you, uh, send us an email, twofishpodcast at gmail.com. You can email us. We'll chit chat with you and get you on the show. Yeah. But now we're back to our regularly scheduled program. Who is the Apostle Peter? Who is this guy? Simon Peter. St. Peter? Saint the Catholics, Saint yeah. Peter. Yeah. How many names does he got? Uh, I don't know. I guess I don't know that. Oh, there's like three or four. So his given name is Simon. Correct. That's his birth name. His his name that his parents gave to him. So I guess just a little background. He was a fisherman. He was a fisherman. He uh, fished with his brother Andrew. They worked for their dad John. Yep. And we believe him to have been rather wealthy. So that, that's something I never knew. Yeah. And then in this research, I found, I, I kind of came across that and I thought, I guess it makes sense. So when a Jewish kid would become a Jewish man, I should say, would become t- age of 20, let's say he graduated high school for, for modern day ideas, or he would be selected by a rabbi if he was smart, you know, above his class and a rabbi would say, Hey, come follow me. Kind of like we talked about Paul did. Um, he was selected to have that extra training to learn the Torah, to become a Pharisee um, is what they would end up becoming. Peter didn't make that cut. Not to say he wasn't a smart guy. He was actually a really smart guy. Uh, he just didn't make that cut. So what Jews would do is they, well, they'd fall back. They'd go into the trades. They'd end up following in their father's footsteps. And in their father's case, Andrew and Simon at this point, uh, they were fishermen. And so the Bible um, talks about them having more than one boat. They had a fleet of boat. They had partners in their business, um, and they had hired men. So all that being said, one would probably assume these guys were wealthy. Yeah, they were upper middle class, blue collared, yep. yep. working class individuals that worked for worked for their dad, and they had a very successful fishing business. So successful in the Bible, they talk about another house that Simon and Andrew had in Capernaum. And this was a rather large house. The reason in my research, the reason that they built that house, Simon and Andrew were like the original tea party. Okay. They didn't like taxes. (laughs) So where they fished, if they took that fish and took it over and sold it in Capernaum, which was a heavy trafficked area, they would have to pay an import tax. Oh, 
And they, Peter and Andrew said, no, this is, I don't like this. I'm not giving you my extra money. I'm just going to build a house here and become a citizen here. So they kind of had dual citizenship in these two towns. Nice. And then they wouldn't have to pay that import tax. So one would assume, based on all this information the Bible's given us, these guys weren't the way I grew up thinking Jesus picked these ragtag group of nobodies, which they were. They were just regular, ordinary guys. But these, at least Simon and Andrew, had some wealth behind them. And I, I've always thought similar to the way you just mentioned was that these were just two guys that were two average guys in a boat that were just trying to catch fish yeah. and, and not just for their own individual to live living and not necessarily for a fishing business where they were making a, a decent living and yeah. they chose to walk away from that. Up to this point, Simon and Andrew are just your average fishermen, but... We always refer to him as Peter. So where does that come from? John one forty two. Jesus renames him Caiaphas or Cephas, which translated means Peter. In our language, would be Peter, which means the rock. So Peter's the rock. Which I don't. Maybe he didn't understand at that moment. Why? Right. Why are you na- Why are you nicknaming me Peter? Why are you changing my name to Peter? The rock. What What does that mean? Why did Jesus rename him to Peter? The rock. Another place would be Matthew 16, 17, and 18. Jesus is asking his disciples, who do, who do people say I am? Yeah. And some people are saying, hey, John the Baptist reincarnated, uh, or Elijah reincarnated, John the Baptist. And he asks, who do you think I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ. You're the Son of God. You're the Messiah. And so in verse 16, in chapter 16, 17 through 18, Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose, lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So in this, in this moment, Jesus has not really told them that he is the Messiah and that was revealed to Peter by God. This is my son. He is the Messiah. He is who we have been waiting for. Yeah, he. It was, and this wasn't. And Jesus is saying it wasn't flesh and blood. You didn't just come up with this, right? This was a revelation of God. So he's saying, "Man, blessed are you, Peter. You just received that." Yeah. And then in verse twenty, then which is funny, after Jesus says that to him, and the disciples are around, verse twenty says, "Then he strictly charged them." the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. So they knew it. They got it. They were, it was revealed to them. It was revealed to Peter. And Jesus says, yes. All right. But don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. That's the weird. He does that in a couple of other, yeah. like after miracles, he's like, go back to your town. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. The I mean, miracle one is weird because I would, I would think I want to tell everyone. And some right. people did. Some people didn't listen and they shouted in the streets. Like, look yeah. at me. I've been healed. But this is another one where it's like, why? Why it, not? It wasn't his time. Yeah. It wasn't time yet to be revealed. And I think part of that is they don't have Peter or anybody at this point, any of the disciples at this point, really, even though it's revealed to them, don't have a firm understanding no. of of it. No. Like it's been revealed, that seed's been planted in their head, but they can't grasp that. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to Peter. Uh, he was married. So you can find that in 1 Corinthians 9 Five, which is Paul. Paul's writing this. Yes, 
and it says, don't we have the right to take a believing wife along with us and do as do the other apostles and the Lord's brothers and Cyphers or Peter. So anyways, they're saying, you know, Peter has a wife and he's bringing his wife along to some of these things that they're doing. Yeah. Peter goes, Peter takes his wife on most of his missionary journeys, I think, with Jesus. Um, There's always a large crowd. It's not just the disciples that are always with them. They have people that want to follow and learn from Jesus. But the 12 are the ones that he teaches, the ones that he reveals things to, the one that he learns. But then again, in Luke 4.38, it says, And he rose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. We're talking about Peter. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a fever, and they appear, appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her, rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. So it's hard to have a mother-in-law. If you're not married. If you're not married. So two scriptures there, two different people. Luke's writing this and Paul's writing it in First Corinthians. Um, Peter would have been married. Yeah. Probably had kids. Be yeah. fruitful and multiply. That's what they're, the Jews are charged to do. Right. So this could... This kind of puts uh, an age to Peter too, so he he's probably a little bit older, mm-hmm. right? Because he's he's already married, probably got some kids, probably he's got a mother-in-law he's taken care of. So in my early stages of Christianity, I pictured all these disciples as younger people that yeah. you know younger than Jesus or around that same age. But this would maybe lead us to speculate that Peter's a little bit older than the rest. Yeah, and I think a lot of the disciples were. But um, Peter was an established guy. He had an established life when Jesus came along and right. called him. John would have been one who would be young. He probably would have been 17 or so. And I think that's why Jesus clearly has, he's got a favorite yep. or a group, a close core group. Peter, Andrew, James, and John yep. would have been the ones that he were close with. And you can see that in Mark 537. He did not let, let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. So several times he calls his inner core that group that we should all have Ooh, peter ooh, yeah you want to stop there yeah <laughs> we should that's, all have a group i always say that group that can call you out on your crap but jesus had this group that he was the closest with right which i don't i always wonder what the other disciples thought of that they were probably jealous probably that just points to him having this core and peter being one of his closest people now john is the beloved john's the one yeah the favorite. The favorite. And I think that's because he was a little closer to Jesus's age. Now, John would have probably been the youngest at maybe 17, but he would have been definitely the one closest to Jesus's age. And that's probably one of the reasons why Jesus connected with him so much. So anyway, back to Peter. Yeah. So Peter's a, a well-established man. He's married. He's one of Jesus's right-hand man. He probably wealthy, had a couple of houses that I imagine they used yeah. And I would imagine they used his skill of fishing, too, on the road uh, to, to get food. Uh, Jesus proved quite often that uh, he didn't really need them to provide food. No. So one of my favorite Peter stories, though. Okay. I I often picture Peter as just this really random guy. Like, he's he's ADD is how we would label him these days because he, he always just, like, I feel like he always blurts out, uh, like, weird moments. But that also points to the fact that he's probably a little bit older. He's firm in what he's going to say. He's going he's gonna to believe it. But he's also got like this childlike thing. And uh, when Jesus is walking on the water, 
Peter's in the boat, right? And it's stormy and Jesus is coming across the water. Peter shouts out like, I want, I want to walk on water. Yeah. So he asked Jesus, you know, tell me, tell me to come to you. So yeah. Jesus does. And Peter jumps out of the boat, right? And he's walking on water and then he gets distracted by who knows what the wave or the wind and he starts to drown he sinks he sinks and in the story it almost seems like he starts to panic because you'd think a fisherman would know how to swim so you would start to like tread water or something but jesus ends up having to save him well i would think because of the storm oh we're gonna blame it on the storm we're gonna that's why he's having a hard time swimming maybe the storm was that bad i don't know i think that maybe Peter sees an opportunity to have faith in Jesus. Peter knows Jesus is the Messiah. He trusts Jesus. He has all the faith in the world in Jesus. And he knows that. So he says to Jesus, call me out. Right. And Jesus is like, no problem. Let's go. Yeah. So he steps out of the boat, starts to walk. Walking on water. And then he takes his eyes off of Jesus. All you have to, all he had to do was just keep his eyes on Jesus, keep that faith on Jesus. Yeah. And no problem. He's walking. Like if it was a step and a half out of the boat and then he's dropped, this wouldn't be a story. He would have walked on water for quite a ways, I would imagine, for this to even, for this to even, even show up. be in the Bible. Right. You know what I mean? And then he takes his eyes off Jesus. And I think let's, let's put a pin right there and talk about that. How many times in our own lives, in our own Christian walk, in our own just every day to day, we take our eyes off and focus off of what we need to do our focus off of Jesus, our focus off of Christianity for just a second, get busy with something else, and then realize, oh, crap, I'm drowning. Like, I think that that's a perfect place to say, reflect on, okay, my own life. Are there times, are there moments, or even right now, do I have my my eyes on Jesus and my faith is 100% in him? Not that there's not a storm raging around. There probably is a storm raging around. There's always a storm. Do I have my eyes on him, knowing that I'm walking through a storm, but I have faith that I'm going to get there. Yeah. What if, even if you're not walking through a storm, I think sometimes it's even harder when you're not walking through the storm. Oh yeah. Cause it's easy to look around cause you're see. comfortable yeah. and you're, you're more easily distracted from Jesus when you're comfortable in my opinion. So yeah. it's harder to keep your eyes on yeah. him and, and times of success to, to give that glory to him and make sure that you continue to focus on on him in those moments. Then in verse 31, it says, or 29, he starts to sink and he says, Lord, save me. So he puts, he looks back at Jesus and says, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and pulls him up and says, you have little faith. Why do you doubt me? That sounds like a rebuke. Yeah. Sounds like, why are you doubting me? I think maybe, maybe even Peter realized what he's doing. And he's like, oh my gosh, I'm walking in water. How is this even possible? Right. Starts questioning things. Not, I'm walking on water because Jesus just called me out of the boat. Right. Obviously, that's why. Yeah. So maybe he starts to think about, how am I doing this? I see, read that as a rebuke, but maybe you could read about the man. Man, why you have little faith. Come on, why, man. Why don't you get it? Yeah, they're friends. So maybe he's just saying, dude, come on. I'd go with as a rebuke because I, they're like, how many times I got to show you? Yeah, well, that's true. You know, or how many times you got to tell your friend? Like, what you're doing is not right. In this instance, he took his eyes off Jesus and didn't have the faith that he would he would make it there. There was definitely consequence for taking his eyes off. He's going to drown. Yeah. There's not maybe always consequence. Maybe we slide by without a consequence. 
but this time there was. And luckily, Jesus was there to grab him out of the boat because it sounded like he wasn't going to make it. Definitely sounds like he was going to drown out there. Yeah. In the rough seas. That would have been embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Probably wouldn't be a story. Yeah. But anyways, that's one of my favorite Peter moments because I just picture him getting like all giddy and excited after they figure out it's Jesus coming across the water. Is that a ghost? Is that? And then Peter's like, let me do it. I just just think he's random like that. An example, and I didn't look this up, so I can't give you the exact verse, but uh, an example that I love about Peter to point to that is when they're in the garden of Gethsemane and they're praying and this is the moment and Jesus has told them, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be killed. And this is that moment when Judas betrays them and Judas brings the soldiers up and Peter's like, without even thinking, Peter's going to fight. And he pulls out a sword and (laughs) hacks the guy's ear off. Right. Like he doesn't even think, stop to think. He, he doesn't even think, Oh yeah. Jesus said he's got to die. Okay. This must be that moment. No, Peter, without hesitation, we're we're not going out, at least without a fight. Right. Rips out a sword, cuts the guy's ear off, and Jesus rebukes him again and says, whoa, this is not how we're doing this. I've I've told you this. But there's that Peter reacting without thinking, this ADD he's got going on, where if he just stopped and think, okay, this is is that moment he'd been telling us about. Right. Instead of reacting all the time. Yeah. Stop and think. Yeah. And Jews especially like Peter have always thought their Messiah was coming as a King there. And now they're going to take over the Romans, but that's not how, what Jesus had in mind. That's not the plan that God had. So here he is. Well, you're not going to arrest him. He's got work to do. And it cuts off the guy's ear. That's a perfect example of what we're talking about here with Peter's like ADD, not thinking. Right. And Peter, like once again, he's a, he's a fisherman. He's not, yeah, I wouldn't picture him as being a, a fighter or even a lot of times Jesus told them not to carry anything of value with them. So like, why do you even have a sword or, you know, whatever he had, but you just don't picture that, that part of it either. And here he is, he whips out a sword and cuts the guy's ear off. <laughs> and Jesus is like, gosh, Peter again, yeah, really? Probably. Come on. He's like, man, come on, man. How many times do I got to <laughs> tell you this? So after all this, Jesus is crucified. Peter denies him three times yeah. in, in the little courtyard there, and he's pushed, which Jesus prophesied, you're going to deny me. Yeah. And I think the reason that Jesus did that is to solidify, A, God's forgiveness and grace. Because look at Judas. Judas didn't accept that. He screwed up. He knew he screwed up, and he hung himself. And Peter, Peter decides, I'm going to take the other way, and I'm going to accept the forgiveness. And Jesus several times says, do you love me? And Peter's like, yes, you know I love you. All right, I'm going to build my church upon you. Yeah. So he goes on to build the church. Right. So all through Acts, you can read, not all through, about the first half, Peter's in Acts, and he is the head apostle. He is the head, one of the head guys of the church. Guys like Paul, who we talked about a couple weeks ago, left, did ministry, and came back. Several times they argued about stuff in Acts, but ultimately they were united on most fronts. And so he was the head church, the Catholic, we kind of talked about this earlier on Facebook, the Catholic church says he was the first pope. Yeah. So Paul went and talked to the Gentiles mainly, right? Correct. He went out. So Peter kind of stayed in 
this main area that they traveled, correct? And Jerusalem in in the area of the Jews. And and continued to build Christianity amongst the Jews. Yeah. Would that be a correct way of stating that? Yeah, I think Paul and, and, was like the bring people to the church. He was the evangelist. Mm-hmm. Peter was the preacher sitting at the church. Okay, you're here. Let me preach the gospel. Yeah. Let me and let me train you. Hey, everybody, this is Nick here in post-production of this episode. Unfortunately, we had some serious technical difficulties, and I lost the end of this conversation that Aaron and I are having. If you want to hear the rest of this conversation, you can go over to Facebook, make sure you hit that follow button, and you can find the the behind-the-scenes video of this conversation, and you can hear the last couple minutes. Again, I apologize, but we lost some files on the end of this episode. So make sure you go over to Facebook to hear the rest of this conversation. Make sure you join us next week on the Two Fish Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Two Fish Podcast, where we try to keep biblical truth simple. Make sure you go check out our Facebook page and our Instagram page. Hit those like, subscribe, and share buttons, and make sure you keep coming back.